Hello, my dear listeners, and welcome back to this week's Catamania episode, where I got to chat with my Brazilian blonde twin. In case y'all didn't know, I have a twin, and she's from Brazil. That's right. The way I found out about my twin, though, is basically through you guys. So Jenny Renz is a lifestyle and fashion blogger, and she was getting messages from her followers letting her know that they found her brunette twin, being me, And then I was getting messages from my followers letting me know that they found my blonde twin. We linked up, we started chatting, and I found out she has a really fascinating story. She is a fellow immigrant. She immigrated from Brazil to United States. And I was like, this girl seems so cool. I have to have her on my podcast and I have to have a conversation. I think you'll find her story really inspiring. We talked about being an immigrant in US and Canada and the challenges that come with that you know, paperwork, all of that kind of stuff, and just just the challenges of being in a foreign country. Also, relationships, marriage, setting the right expectations, and the importance of setting those expectations in the beginning of your relationship, and just like inspiring lifestyle. I think you guys will really love this episode. And as per usual, if you do, and if you like this podcast, feel free to give it thumbs up, stars, hearts, whatever platform it is that you're listening to this on, and stay blessed. Welcome to Catamania, my Brazilian twin. Yes! <laughs> so Thank excited you. to have you on. Thank you here. <laughs> yes, you are gorgeous. And well, like I mentioned, so you. <laughs> thank you. Like I mentioned earlier, if I look like you, it's a huge compliment to me, for sure. For those <laughs> of you who are listening, how I got connected to Jenny was uh, basically a few people sending me messages telling me, hey, we think we found your twin. And then I think maybe a day later, like before I got to check, check you out, I got a DM from you and I was like, this is interesting. (laughs) And then I reposted a couple of your posts. I was like, guys, this is so like trippy. I have a, I have a Brazilian twin, a blonde twin. And so many of my really close friends started messaging me and they were like, oh my gosh, you two look so much alike. So yeah, it's, I like the story of this connection. (laughs) <laughs> I was actually very surprised when I saw it too because I was like, okay, it was like a video of you and your husband walking on a beach or something. And I looked, I was like, wow, that was a deja vu. It looked like me. And I I posted and like basically 95% of the people said yes, that we looked alike. <laughs> and I asked my husband, he's like, Yeah, I can see that too. I was like, okay, so now I have to, you know, contact this girl. <laughs> and I tell her that. we're twins yeah well I'm glad you did I'm glad we got connected Jenny you are from my a country that for some reason I obsess over Brazil I've never been to Brazil and the reason why I, I am a little bit obsessed with Brazil is I have two theories and you can let me know which one sounds more credible to you so number okay. one I come from a former uh, USSR Republic Moldova And growing Mm -hmm. up, we had a lot of Russian television. And I think it was on Russian television that we would have a lot of Brazilian movies and soap operas. So I grew up on like technically Brazilian TV, even though it wasn't in Portuguese, it was translated, like it was dabbed over in Russian. So my husband says that's probably why, like you were sort of raised around finding out and learning a lot about Brazil from from that perspective, from movies and shows. But then a couple of years ago, I, I think the second theory is, is maybe the first one ties into the second one. But so the second one is 
I have some kind of like past life connection to it. A lot of my followers said that because oh, I had no. a dream a few years ago that I was walking down the street in Rio de Janeiro. I've never been to Brazil. Okay. I'm walking down the street yeah. in Rio de Janeiro and it's such a vivid dream and it's so beautiful. And, you know, I'm taking pictures. I ask my husband in my dream, like, can you please, we're going to stop. Can you please take a photo of me? And he takes a photo. Then we'll go to Christ the Redeemer. And then I wake up and I'm like, this is interesting, Rio. I've never been to Rio. Why would I dream about it? And then I was like, well, it's interesting. Let me take a look. So I grab my phone and I type in Google Rio de Janeiro. I go into images and like third or fourth picture. I'm like getting goosebumps as I'm saying this is the exact street that I was walking on in my dream. Oh, my God. Wait, when this happened? Four or five years ago, I had that dream. Oh, wow. So I right away told him, I was like, we have to go. Like, I don't know what's waiting for me there, but we have to go. That was like a message from, you know. Right? <laughs> totally. I love that. Yeah. That's incredible. So well, before I, I go. Rio Janeiro. <laughs> exactly. Before I go, um, tell me, you know, tell me about yourself, your life in Brazil. I know you moved to U.S. Uh, a few yes. years ago. So, so tell me about yourself it's like such a you know job interview question tell me about yourself jenny <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do it uh so yes i'm from brazil i'm from a state called santa catarina so it's not sao paulo or rio de janeiro people usually don't know it's in the very the south of brazil um like closer to argentina uruguay paraguay and i moved here about six a little bit over six years ago uh, for the exchange program. So my goal was just to like come here, stay one year. That was my, you know, my, my first plan one year to learn English first, because I, I didn't speak any English and then to travel the country and to explore this beautiful country that it is United States. Yeah. Um, so I moved here in March, 2017 and I, of course, I went through, you know, a lot of challenges. It's definitely not easy when you don't have any family and you don't speak the language of the country. Uh, you don't know anyone. So I literally like start from the beginning, making friends and um, just, you know, being on my own for the first time ever, because I always lived with my parents before that. So, you know, even though I was always like, independent person i always had my work and all that i still like was living in my parents house you know always having their support and everything and when i moved here i was totally completely by myself so i remember in the first, i think like the first probably three to five months were the the hardest ones where i i definitely felt like homesick and i you know i thought about coming back home many times I thought I would not be able to stay here because it was so challenging. I felt so lonely. I would like literally like cry myself to sleep. I would have a headache every single day because I was trying to learn English. And, you, you know, it was like I would have conversations with people on a translator because I was not, you know, I was not able to communicate. So it was like very tough. Like this part was definitely very tough, but it was like looking back now, it was definitely like what made me grow so much. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm definitely very grateful for everything I went through because, you know, it led me, I know it's kind of cheesy, but it is true. Like it led me to the way 
to the life I'm having now. And um, so, yeah, so when it was like approaching one year, I was already more comfortable uh, to the, the country. I was already made friends. I started school. So I was like, okay, I think I want to stay another year. So I decided extending my, my uh, visa for another year. And in the second year, I met my now husband. <laughs> so, you know, I was still like in my exchange program, living with host families and going through all of those like different feelings, you know, of like, okay, love it here, but I also miss home. I don't know yeah. what to do. You know, I felt like that I had no home anymore because, you know, thinking of the idea of going back, I would yeah. miss here and thinking of the idea of being here, I would always miss home too. So I've still lived that, you know, I still experience that. I'm sure you do too, because 100%. we have very similar paths. Yeah. So, well, I met my husband on a second year and then I, I knew for sure I didn't want to go just like go back to Brazil and not come back. You know, so I was like, okay, so I'm, I will apply again for my visa. And it's a whole process. It's very hard when you're an immigrant, you know, so I went through the a amount lot of, of stress that you have to go through. Like, so will they stress. approve it? Will they? Yeah, for sure. And and for yeah. those of you listening, I, I'll have a lot of immigrants listening and, you know, following me. Cause, so a lot of people vibe with this. But for those of you who were born and raised in a country like US or Canada, I always say like, you you absolutely have to learn to appreciate how lucky you are because that passport that you have allows you to go pretty much anywhere you want in the world without much hurdles. Yes, you have to save up some money, buy a plane ticket, whatever, but most of the world is available to you. And that's just not the case for so many countries in the world. So yeah, totally. So that's keep so going. True. I just wanted so to true. point that. Yeah. Even like you speaking like that, Christina, like just to get my... I remember like just the process to get my passport, uh, my, my passport, no, my, my visa. Mm -hmm. I remember like making an interview. So for Brazilians, it's very hard to get a, a visa to the United States. You go through a lot of, you know, interviews and all that. I'm not aware how it works in uh, other countries. I know like Europe, it's uh, sometimes it's a little easier than that. Uh, Western Europe, Eastern Europe is quite tough as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. So I remember like going so nervous. I brought like this huge uh folder with all the documents i had to you know to prove and you know show them that uh you know i was coming to this school uh exchange program for real and yeah, to provide that you're not a criminal you're a decent human being exactly, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now that and then i remember like people in front of me doing the interview and she would just like you know you're declined or you're approved you're declined it was like shaking i remember yeah. shaking and then when it was my turn, she did all this interview and she started asking me English questions too. And then my heart was like this because I barely spoke at that time. And I was just so nervous. I don't even remember what I said, but in end of all, was approved. And I remember just turning like, like Aww. celebrating. Yeah, I cried, Amazing. I was like so happy. And people like Americans, they have no idea, right? Like they, when I tell them, they were like, what, you had to, do that like to come in here like they they don't know because they live here so yes. i understand that you know they never had to go through that but yeah. for an immigrant it's definitely very tough and going back to you know where i was before um so i was like in this whole process of immigration and documents and visas so i applied for my uh student visa 
I started a school. Um, I, I graduated after three years and then and what did you go to school for? Uh, business, business administration. Yeah. I did fashion design in Brazil. So this is my passion. <laughs> fashion. Nice. Fashion is your passion. Uh, Love it. Fashion is my fashion. Yeah. <laughs> and here did a uh, business administration. And so once I graduated, my husband and I, we decided to get married. We got married uh, in March last year. So it's been over a year now. And we also just had our basically third wedding that was in Brazil. <laughs> Finally, third wedding. Family. Yes. Yes. Because we had, first we had the courthouse just to, you know, get married. And then uh, my husband was like, okay, Brazil is like a far country. It's expensive to go. Like the flights are expensive. It's not like a, a place people just go. Like you're going to Bahamas or Mexico. That's easier for Americans. So he was like, I know a lot of people will not be able to make it to Brazil. So I think we should maybe just do like a wedding dinner or something here in Chicago. And uh, we decided doing like a wedding dinner for like about 60 people. And I was like friends and um, closer families, they came to the, the wedding dinner. So that was the second celebration. And then I was like, okay, but it's, I didn't have any of my family members here, right? Yeah. None of my friends too, like from my hometown. And I was like, okay, I still feel like we're missing something, you know? So we're like, okay, so let's do the wedding in Brazil. Like if everyone that can come from United States, plus my whole family in Brazil, all my friends from growing up, and it was absolutely the best. <laughs> we had a blast. It just happened like basically two and a half weeks ago. So it was pretty recent, but yeah, it was like a dream, a dream come true for sure. So first of all, your wedding looked like an absolute dream indeed. All the pictures and all the, all the, all the videos that I've seen. And I want to go back to, uh, you know, wedding and conversations about, you know, you and your husband and how you guys met. Uh, but just to go back to the being an immigrant part, because I know that it's just the, the subject is, I, I could talk about it for days because yeah. I went through a very similar thing and, just that fact that a lot of people who were born and raised in, in, in countries like Canada, US, they just, I, I sometimes wish that for a day they would know what it feels like just to have that opportunity and possibility be the greatest achievement of your life. So you mentioned you cried when you were given your visa to United States. I cried when I got my visa to Canada. Same thing. I came as a student. Then I got my permanent residency. Same thing. I was like crying. I was like, oh my God, this is oh, amazing. And then when I got my passport, so I got my passport on September 14, 2018. And when I say it to my friends who were born and raised in Canada, they just look at me kind of like, huh? I say it was the greatest achievement of my life. My Canadian passport was the greatest achievement of my life. And same thing. I like cried. It was such a, yeah. such a, you know, intense day emotionally in a good way. And mm -hmm. they always look at me like, what do you mean? It was the greatest achievement of my life. And I'm like, because it gave me freedom. The thing that totally, a human being totally strives for the most freedom of opportunity, freedom of travel, biggest one, mm -hmm. and just freedom to live life on your own terms. Because in so many places in the world, you can't, you can't have that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know two things before I ask you a little bit more about Brazil. 
what was, would you say, the greatest challenge for you when you came to U.S.? So you mentioned obviously missing family, obviously the fact that, you know, English. For, first of all, you learned English really, really well because you speak English really great. Uh, so good job on that. <laughs> but what would you Sometimes I, you know, I say things that come out of my mouth without like, what did I just say? But <laughs> I'm trying every day. <laughs> I thought when I first moved to Canada that to drop a deuce meant to throw a party. Yeah. <laughs> and I, w I thought I was the coolest immigrant oh in the world. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but I thought I thought I knew slang. I was like, that are you what are you guys doing this weekend? Dropping any deuces or like going to somebody else's place who's dropping deuces? Like I thought I was the coolest person. And oh. I also the thing with um how I learned English is I learned the accent first. So I kind of like perfected my accent, so to speak. Not that it's perfect by any means, but I I worked really hard on the accent, but I worked on vocabulary a little bit less. So a lot of times, like usually you work on the vocabulary and then on the pronunciation. And I kind of did the yeah. opposite thing. So I would say those things as if I was born and raised in Canada or US, but I would say them wrong. And I still do. And people get even more confused because they're like, wait, what? Like she, what? You know, <laughs> so people didn't get it. Um, I do want to ask you just before I, I, I dive into the challenges that you've had. What was something that, if you can recall, something really funny that you would say or you've said before in English, thinking that so, it means one thing? Well, okay, so first of all, the, the perfect person to answer this would be my husband because he knows all. He says the Jennyisms. <laughs> the Jennyisms. Jennyisms. <laughs> because I always come with something like, he's like, oh my God. Anyways, I have the, I don't know, sometimes I just like switch the words you know so one time i was talking about the show i still like i have trouble just to, to say the correct word because i always switch it but the show money heist mm -hmm. i call it honey heist. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so, like that. and then another time i was like oh babe i'm, I'm gonna uh, i'm gonna heat the oven and he's like what and i went to him like i did this yeah, hit the oven. <laughs> so I thought like the spelling of hit was just oh. like of the heat. <laughs> so things like that yeah. I do all the time. You know, I yeah. definitely have like so many others that I can recall right now, but it's yeah. funny, you know, like I, at the beginning, I was like, I was afraid of speaking because I was like, oh, people would be making fun of me. You know, I, I now have like a very strong accent too. So I'm like, oh, damn it's like, even to put on my, like right, right now, I'm like a, I'm an influencer and digital creator, but to get to this point where I was comfortable, like just speaking out there, it took me like a long time to yeah. just, you know, okay, I would just embrace it. And even though I make mistakes and I say things wrong or type things wrong, it is what it is. You know, I'm still learning. It's my second language. And I just, you know, went for it. And it was the best thing I've done so far, for exactly. sure. Exactly. For sure. You speak more yeah. than one language. It's fantastic, you know? Yeah, exactly. for sure. Yeah. By the way, just so you know, one of the things I think is amazing, I watch your videos all the time, is how you just go through like the, um, you know, the English accent to <laughs> to like the Russian. To Russian, or, yeah. Like, yeah. Eastern it's European. incredible. Thank <laughs> Eastern you. European, yeah. Thank you so much. Really Someone cool. messaged me the other day and they were like, which one is the real one? And I'm like, both. 
I will have you know <laughs> yeah. both. I have like two alter egos and then I have like five other personalities. You're welcome, you know? <laughs> it just that. works. So when you're angry, what do you speak? Like uh, oh, that's a really great question. Uh so I English, but I do have when I'm like when I'm really, really angry, mm-hmm. I have default of like Russian swearing. And I can I don't know why I can picture that. <laughs> yeah, I just have a default of like swearing in Russian in my head, but it I realize that it slows me down because my brain is like, wait, hold on a minute, we just switched languages, what's happening? And then it slows me down and then I'm like, why am I so angry? I need to chill, you know? <laughs> so it's almost like a benefit that that happens. And then uh, I also speak Romanian. Uh I spoke it fluently when I lived back home in Moldova, but now I'm I'm not as fluent in it. I'm a lot more fluent in English than I am in Romanian. Uh, but yeah. so I'm trying to learn Spanish because we spend so much time in Mexico. And my brain, especially in the evening, is like, what is happening? Just such a mix oh of, yeah. you know, you, you, you switch to one and then the other and then Spanish, but Romanian comes up and then English, but Russian is also there. And it's just, you know, it's, wow, it's just a chaos. Children, right? Like Russian with especially like Russian, English, and Spanish, like totally, completely totally different. different. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So let's, let's go back to you, Jenny. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate you saying it. Means I'm means I'm doing my job well on, on social media. Yes. Tell yeah. me what was your biggest challenge you would say uh, when you, when you moved and how did you overcome it? Uh, well, things that I, I, probably didn't mention here, but I did go through a lot. Um, I had even like had food compulsion uh, in the first like two, two, three years. I was just like, you know, I think because of all this living in this uncertainty of like being an immigrant, not knowing what my next year would be like my next Mm -hmm. month, if my documents would approved, like I, I was basically stuck united states because um i ended up applying for my my status from here so because of that i could not leave the country right i had my status but if i left the country i would have to go back to brazil um do all the interview there and go through all that stressful moment again and i heard like so many friends of mine like going back to brazil and then trying to come back and they would have just declined because they said oh you just came back from there so why do you want to go back now you know so yeah. i i didn't want to go through that so i decided staying uh and up and applying everything from here so i was like i was fine living here i had my status and i i was able to go to school and do all my things but i couldn't not leave right yeah. so uh because of that because like it kind of feels like you're in a a prisoner right like you don't have the freedom i couldn't see my family and um i i I spent like six years without seeing any of my family um and then because of that like it built up all this you know food compulsion and anxiety and a little bit probably beginning of depression so it was like definitely a very hard time i was like living with host families because i was like in this exchange program. So, you know, it was like, um, I, I think that was like probably the, the hardest, like combining the whole thing, you know, of feeling lonely, like learning the language. I remember like 
feeling frustrated and not being able to communicate that that feeling yeah. killed me inside you know because in my head i had so much that i wanted to say in like some arguments or something and i definitely i i, I couldn't so i would just like save that inside me and that would build up and you know would make me feel so bad so yeah. i feel like once i I left the the exchange program and I started like living by myself. I started living with roommates and I was like, you know, dating my husband with like was a very healthy relationship. I started like coming back to myself again and feeling the happiness again and knowing that everything would be fine. You know, I was always very positive. I always, you know, try to manifest and pray and meditate all, you know, because I, I had this belief that everything would go well and it went, you know, so it like, it, it def like that was one of definitely the biggest like challenges because I didn't have anyone to go to and cry myself out. I would just yeah. cry to my pillow, you know? Yeah. So, you know, like I remember like getting sick and not having my parents and I have my mom and I would FaceTime her crying and it's like, I feel so bad. I don't have you here. And she would start crying too. Because yeah, she it would felt be like so stuck. tough for her too. Yeah. Totally. Sure. Yeah. Knowing everything that I was going through. But yeah, I feel like, you know, we go through these moments in life to, to learn and to grow and to appreciate the things you have later. So yeah. I feel, I, I see that now, like if I change it, anything in my past, I would not be where I am now. So I really, that was my path. You know, I had yeah. to go through that to be where I am now. And like seeing my family after six years without seeing them, like now in the end of March, it was like one of the best feelings ever. And I know that would never probably happen again, hopefully, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was like a very special moment. It was like, my mom didn't know, I was, they didn't know I was coming. Uh, so I made a surprise to them and it was very emotional. It, uh, even like talking now, it's like, yeah. I, I wanted like- I was just gonna say it. to our lovely listeners, uh, if you want to have like a wholesome, uh, wholesome video to tear up from, go to Jenny's page and find a video. Cause I saw that video when you saw your parents for the first time in six years, I showed it to my husband. I was like, this is, I have to connect with this girl. Cause this is just, <laughs> I didn't go home for three years for the first time I, I'd gone. And that was a lot. Like that was a really long time. It's so six lot. years, I can't even imagine. And your parents, yes. like God bless them for, you know, sticking it out. And I, I can't even imagine how worried they were. And I was just thinking how happy they must've been to see you with your husband now and to see you happy. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's it such amazing. a, would you say that the adversities that you've gone through or not, not even so much adversities, but coming out of that, would you say that that gave you confidence in life, in yourself? Yes, a hundred percent. It showed me that I can do anything that, I, you know, because sometimes we think we are weak, but we're not weak. You know, once we, you need to handle something like once I, I knew I had to handle something by myself that it only depended on me to do that, I, I knew it was a, a capable of. So mm -hmm. it definitely gave me a lot of confidence. So adversity might not be the worst thing for, for you. If you're currently going through adversity, if you're listening to this, adversity might not be 
A, it's not the end. And it might not be the worst thing in the long run because you'll come out of it stronger and better. A hundred percent. Yeah. We don't see now, but we'll see later. Yeah. When we look back. I love it. Let's switch to, I guess, the glow up of, of this whole story, which is when it all started to shift for the better. So you said the moment you met your husband, it kind of all started to look up. How did you meet him? I met him in a house party uh, in the suburbs we live now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, And you live in Chicago, family, right? I live in Chicago. We live in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, which is like about 30 minutes from downtown. Um, so like, I remember like this day, it was like a Saturday. It was May 19, 2017. So it just turned five years since we first met. Oh, happy, <laughs> happy meeting Saturday. anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember like going through my WhatsApp and then like had a group of girls that lived around like friends. And then I see someone was like, oh, we'll have like a house party at, at this address and literally sent the address there for like, you know, 200 people in that group. And I was like, oh my God, that's the suburb I live. Like, let me check the, you know, how far it is. And I put in a Google and it was like an eight minute drive. I was like, okay, this is something I would do tonight. I had no plans. Text my friends and I said, oh, let's go to this house party. Didn't even know who the party was. <laughs> so it was just like, you know, someone throwing that party. And we went to the store, grab, grabbed a few like bottles of wine, went to the party. And then I remembered him coming outside, you know, like just like saying welcome and introducing himself. He was the, the host, of course. And, but I barely remember, I don't remember much after that, besides mm -hmm. one moment that it's when, um, so I brought this pot of wine and it was not a twist. It needed like a wine opener and I bought it by mistake. And I was like, shoot, I don't have, we need a, a wine opener. And then we're like, oh, ask the, the host. So I went there, asked him for a wine opener. And he's like, he looked at me and he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't drink wine. I don't have one. And I was like, I looked at my friend and we're like, whoa, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I already love this story. <laughs> that was the first impression. <laughs> I swear that was the first impression. And then like his friend that was next to him. So where he was like behind the bar came around me, grabbed me by the hand and took me to the kitchen. And the first drawer he opens, that was like the wine opener. And I was like, oh, I'm not even like, you know. So that, that like for me was done, you know. I didn't talk to him the rest of the night, didn't remember his name, nothing, nothing, nothing. So, okay, the party went. I remember like living there like the morning already. So I had fun, like fun with his other friends and my friends had a lot of people, probably like 40 people. And so my friend that went there with me that night, four months later, she texts me and she says, oh, Jenny, like, please come to this, uh, to this bar. We're going to have like a, it's like a piano bar, blah, blah, blah. And the more people come, the more drinks that we get to the table. You know how it was like when you're single and all that. I was like, okay, I will stop by, but I have other plans. I had another date that day. <laughs> and then <laughs> I was like, I would just stop by and I would come and then, but I have to leave for my date. She's like, okay, that's, that's enough. That's fair enough. And I go there and she's like, oh, do you know what? I invited all these guys from that party we went like four months ago. I was like, you kidding me? Like the ones from my suburb? And she's like, yeah, they're all coming. I was like, okay, that's random. <laughs> and then 
they arrived, all the group of guys, and there was my husband in the middle of them. And I was watching the piano people. It was like a piano bar, so they do like duets. And I was just like there having my drink and watching the piano. And then I remember like he stops next to me here by my side. And he just says like, oh, so do you like piano? And then I look at him and I was like, yeah, it's one of my favorite instruments. instruments. I remembered him. And then he was like, oh, I think I know you. I was like, yeah, I was in your party a few months ago. He's like, oh yeah, you were the the neighbor. I was like, yeah, I live in your, the same, we live in the same suburb. But I didn't say anything. Yeah, you're the one, <laughs> you said like, I'm the one you said no for a wine opener. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so after that, we kind of like, you know, start talking and all that. And then he's like, oh, I play piano. If you want, I can teach you. And I was like, oh, okay. But you know, when you say like, oh, okay, but you never think that would happen. I yeah. went to my date. Uh, it didn't, nothing happened. It was like not a good date, whatever, you know. So we became friends. And then a few a few days or weeks later, Dan and I, my husband, start talking on Instagram, on DMs, and he's like, oh, so do you still want to do those piano lessons? I was like, yeah, why not? And I literally started coming to his house, having like piano lessons for like a month. He would give me even homeworks to do. And oh, wow. Was so he was like, legit teaching you how to play piano. It wasn't just like a really? pickup line. Like, hey, I'll teach you how to play piano. I would refer to him to my friends like the piano teacher I was like oh Oh, yeah I'm going to see the piano teacher tonight (laughs) and so we were just like friends right nothing like no kiss nothing just like hanging out playing piano we learned a full song together the heart and soul song so we're like playing together and one day I left his house I was like in a car and then he's like oh okay so next time he's very shy by the way he said that to me at the wine thing because he was nervous. I learned that if like afterwards, because he's a very sweet guy. So he's not a jerk at all. (laughs) He's just very sweet, but he's very shy too. So he said he was very nervous because had a lot of people in his house that day. So that's why he said that. But anyways, so him being shy, he didn't ask me out during the piano lesson. He waited for me to go grab in the car, drive home. And then I remember like going home and got pops up this message. And he's like, oh, so next time I would like to pick you up, take you out for dinner. And then you, we come here to my house and we play more piano. What do you, th- what do you say? I was like, oh, okay. Are you asking me out? <laughs> and then I said, yes. And since that day, we never stopped seeing each other. It was like September 2019. So it's been four, over four and a half years now. Wow. Ladies, uh, if a man offers you piano lessons, <laughs> take the piano. <laughs> I love that. I, To be honest, I think the biggest surprise out of that whole story was the fact that you actually, like he was actually your piano teacher. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I, I thought yes. that was just like a pickup line. And the fact that he took such a long time to teach you piano and then and, and only then ask you out on a date, you know, it's so oh. sweet. You know, he was very sweet, like in homework and he really focused on like teaching me, you know, just very genuine. And yeah, I, I always tell this story because I'm like, I love it for me. Like sounds really like, like a story of like a romantic movie or something. I was just going to say, yeah. you guys should consider, you know, writing a script and giving it to like a producer for a romantic 
like a romantic comedy i could totally see it as you were telling it i'm like okay the piano the party the yeah at what point did you feel that there was a spark was it during the piano lessons or when he asked you out after after i think it was after yes uh so for me right like he was very sweet very nice uh we're like hanging out but it was not like planning on dating anyone at that time i was just having a lot of fun going on dates to be honest you know and going out with my friends and then after we started seeing each other and then we started like with the piano and then i started okay this guy is very sweet very nice very cute but it was still not like that sparkle you know so i felt like more that sparkle probably like once we were already like kind of dating like probably two months after we already like so he like after this date he asked me to be his girlfriend officially one month later so mm. we were hanging out for two months until he finally asked me to be his girlfriend so at that time when he asked me to be his girlfriend i was already expecting it and i was already mm -hmm. in love and you know so it was like probably the process of two months since we started like seeing each other and having like this piano lessons and then until the moment that he asked me to be his girlfriend okay yeah interesting i i like that so would you say that it was important for you always to first you know see a guy's manners how he you know acts on a date before you like totally go okay i'm falling for this yes a hundred percent i think i was very careful even like especially because i i've been through a lot of like toxic uh relationship before and very toxic that I would always be crying and I would always be, you know, uh, I would never be like, you know, comfortable and confident and trust, trusting someone else. So he was definitely like, like a different from any other guy I met. Like he, like since the beginning, right? Like he was always very like polite, very like, a, a literally like a gentleman, you know, he would treat me very well, extremely respectful. Um, and then I met his family and they were all super nice. I saw how they treated his family, how he treated his friends, how he treated like any, anyone around him, right? Like at stores, restaurants and the street waiters. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I was like, because like, you know, I went out with guys before that I would feel so embarrassed because they would treat like, you know, waiters, it's an example like that. I worked at a, a server before here yeah. in Chicago. So I know what it is like to be, you know, not well treated. So I, I see people like, you know, just like literally treating like people like so poorly that I was like, I will never be able to stay with someone like that, you know, like it's impossible and the way he always act act towards anyone and anything yeah. was always like you know that built it up even more my my love for him for sure yeah it's it's a really important thing and uh, you know you mentioned you served i feel like every immigrant woman that has moved to like the west served because i also serve tables and it's the same thing the exact same thing for me whenever i go on <laughs> dates i would be like okay if you don't treat a server and actually for me, it's just anyone, it doesn't even have to be a date, but if I'm with somebody and they don't treat the servers nicely, ugh, like it's just an instant red flag in you as a human being. I went on a Same. date once with a guy, obviously before I met my husband, 
Um, and he, the server was really great and he didn't tip her. I saw that he didn't tip her anything. And I was like, and in Canada and US, that's how they make their money is off tips. And I'm like, you know that, you know that that's how they make their money. So it was like a huge no-no for me. I think it's, it's, you know, people talk about, you know, I, I had sort of like a love at first sight situation with my husband, but he also, I, I then started paying attention to how he's treating others around him. Same thing, his family, his friends, servers, people at the stores. It's really, really important because mm-hmm. if something is off, it might be a sign of something else deeper being off, you know, like some other mm-hmm. trait, some, some, some form of psychology there. You know, I'm not a psychologist, but there's something deeper if, if a person mistreats people for especially no reason. You I know? agree. You reflect yeah. what you were inside, right? Exactly. So the way you act, like even though you treat me like a princess, but you're not treating the others around me well, that would not work for me, you know, because I, I'm seeing who you are, who you truly are. And once like this, you know, this um, sparks probably ends, then yeah. you're going to treat, start treating me like that too. Yeah. So it, I, I think like not, only for relationships with like you know loving relationships but also with like friendship too um i remember like a few years ago i went out with a friend of mine and she brought this other friend a girlfriend um and it was the first time i was meeting this girl and she treated the the waiter so badly that i was like i was like what the heck did i just see it was like yeah. I told my friend, I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going, I don't want anything to do with this girl. I don't want to be friends with her. She was very nice to me, you know, but it was just like, for me, that's just like a cape, you know, the person who's wearing like a, you know, like that's, it's so bad. Like I was, I was like, no, that's not the type of people I want to be around. So uh, yeah, that applies for, for definitely for everything and everyone for sure. Yeah. I I would say that's probably the second biggest lesson for our lovely ladies listening. Um, You know, aside from the fact that adversity can lead you to some great things in the end is that pay close attention to how people around you and especially your man or potential, you know, husband, future husband treats people around. It's crucial. So how long did it take for for you guys to decide to get married? How long did you date before before that? Okay, so he proposed on our third year anniversary. Mm. It was very cute. Uh, we were already, of course, talking about getting married, especially because, you know, due to my visa and all that, being an immigrant, you know, you can't just like lay around and see what happens. You get a do or not do so i was very clear of him since the beginning he knew that too you know once we started a relationship like dating i told him look you know i'm not from here you know i don't you know i can't be here forever if i don't have the the documents and all that so that's why i always you know i was always applying for school and to keep like going with my visa but as once I graduated, I couldn't, you know, I was like, no, I'm done. You know, I would be done. I don't want to keep going to schools and, uh, you know, living in this uncertainty because I can never like really start a life once yeah. I'm just like, you know, so he knew that. And 
because of that, we always talked about like getting married since the beginning of the relationship. So you were very open with, with your expectations and your desires. A hundred percent. Right from the beginning. Yeah. And I would say to everyone, and I, I always say to my friends too, who are starting a relationship now, and if there's, you know, not even for, for immigration things, like any other, you know, I, I told him, I was like, look, all, even if I was in Brazil, okay, if I met a Brazilian husband, whatever, I don't, I didn't have this document issues. I'm at a point of my life that I want to start dating to get married. I yeah. want to start dating to, you know, build a family. I don't want to start dating now to break up, you know, in two, five years from now. So marriage is one of my goals. Yes, it's something I really want. And I always told him, like, I want you to be honest with me if it's not something you want to, because it's very important that, you know, the two, the, the two of us would be like in the same path. We would want the same thing. Otherwise, it would not work out, you know, and yeah. one another would be living out of like resentment later and all that. So I was definitely always very open because imagine if I didn't say anything and then it was like, you know, in the third year and then. I would be like, okay, what do you think of like getting married? I, I need to be married by next year because my visa will be up, you know? Mm -hmm. So that would be like crazy, right? It would be a huge surprise. He would not be expecting, he would say like, oh, but how are you coming with this just now? So I yeah. was always definitely very open with him. We always talked like a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot about that. Of course, sometimes, you know, he said in the beginning, he's like, I don't, I don't know if I would be ready. And it was like, I know, I understand that it's a big commitment. And, you know, by the time and by the years went by, we saw him that we're, you know, I, I asked him like, I love you. I, I told him, I love you. And there's no one else I want to be with. How mm -hmm. about you? And mm -hmm. then he's like, yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I don't want to be with anyone else. I don't want to lose you. Uh, and, you know, like, I love you. And yes, I think like marriage will be, will be the thing we would do. So, you know, we kept talking to be like very comfortable for both of us. And yeah. in the end of all, everything went out well. <laughs> Why do you think so many people are, and specifically women, uh, are afraid to say right off the bat what they want and end up in a relationship that is dragging on for way too long? And then they're like, wow, this was a waste of my time. Good question. Well, for, from a few friends, right? I've heard like... I feel for my friends saying that they didn't want to sound like desperate, you know, like, oh, he's going to run away mm. if I tell him right away, I want to get married. Of course. not. And like you're that. like, I'm the living example of it not being the case, you know, when you voice what you really want to need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like, you know, I think that's probably the, the, the mainly reason I would say, I'm not sure either, yeah. either but like, I would say that that's that of you know being afraid of like scaring the person off. Of course, I don't you know we should not say like in a first <laughs> date yeah. already like look uh, you know we will get married and that's it. But you know once you see that the relationship is going well, you see that's your person. You guys are good to each other. I think that and that's something you want. Then you have to expose you know yeah. because especially men, I feel like if you don't tell them exactly what you're thinking, 
they wouldn't like you know they would never guess exactly. or they would not know because they're very like you know you gotta be straight to the point daniel yeah. always told me that like look you can't just being a, like going around the things you gotta go straight to the point otherwise i would not get what you're trying to the message you're trying to send for you sure know? yeah nobody has like a crystal ball and to guess things so you gotta talk like you know even though it's a tough conversation sometimes and it can you know it can bring some fights or some like heartbreak or whatever but it has to be done sooner than later yeah for sure and if he runs away he runs away then he, maybe he's meant to because run because it was away. not supposed to be because if it's the right person he's not going to run away you'll align with your with your desires absolutely i think i think it's something the other thing i know um especially in countries like canada and us you are labeled immediately as high maintenance. Like, well, you're so high maintenance. You want all these things right away. And it's like, yeah, but there's also a huge difference. Like when you meet somebody, you know, in your early twenties and you're kind of like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm having fun. I'm, I'm kind of just seeing what's out there versus when you're like, no, you know what? I don't want to date just for the sake of dating. I want to get married. That is my goal, period. Like what's, what's high maintenance about that? What's high maintenance about knowing what you want and going after the things that you want? Even if it is high maintenance, what's wrong with that? You know, I definitely don't think that's high maintenance. Like I would no. consider that crazy, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's no, just I just know like, what I want and I want to make sure my desires are aligned with the one person that they should be aligning with the most totally. in life. And I, I feel like every person, you know, has the right to, to tell the other what they want and, or what they don't want, you know, like the guy it's has always also his rights to say no. I don't want to get married. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to establish that in the beginning. So you don't waste time of your life, you know, yeah. because it, it it's very complicated. Yeah. yeah. When you, um, you know, you're dating for like such a long time and then, you know, and now what it is, what's going to happen next. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're almost yeah. at our time, but I did want to touch on your social media and the work that you do. How did that come about? Okay, so I started, I always loved like sharing things, like everything. I always loved like taking pictures and posting since I was like probably like young. Like we had like other, probably you don't know, or or Coochie, which is like a platform like Facebook and all this stuff. So it was always for like sharing photos. And I remember being like 12, 13 or photolog and always, you know, going on trips and taking photos always with my little camera. <laughs> and that was like the, you know, the highest of my day. I always loved doing that. And it, it just happened very organically, actually. Like when I was in Brazil, uh, I always did like some modeling work too. And when I was started like, growing on my Instagram, I moved here. Mm -hmm. So I had a big pause because again, I was not like, comfortable speaking English. So at the beginning, I was only speaking Portuguese, right? Like I would only like do Portuguese posts and all that. But it was not something that I could live on. Like it couldn't be my my job if I can't speak the language of the country, right? So after like, so I moved to here in 2017. And I only started doing uh, Instagram work in 2019 and the end of 2019. So it took me like, almost three years to to be able to start like you know okay i'm gonna reach out to brands 
I will reach out to companies and I will send the English email. And if I have to do stories, I will be able to speak English. I will videos. I will be able to speak English, even though. So I remember like at the beginning, I would redo like a thousand times. And my husband would be like, stop redoing it. It would not be natural anymore. If it's like, I would speak like, so I would like film and I was like, say something wrong. And I was like, oh, deleted. And uh, I would get so frustrated because I didn't want to like have that wrong word right there. You know, I wanted to sound like good English. (laughs) So it was like definitely like very, very, very hard at the beginning. Like it took me like probably one and a half years once I started doing that to definitely feel more comfortable for sure. And very confident in my work. And like now I'm totally comfortable, even though sometimes I say, like wrong things or I lack a little bit of you know in English words it's okay I'm like doing my job and I'm doing my best to you know to grow and to learn every day every day I learn something new (laughs) in English and I try to read books in English uh, watch things in English so like connect with people on internet like outside of Brazilian people Mm -hmm. Uh, that was like a great thing I did too. Like I would go to events here in Chicago. Uh, I would like meet, meet people from all around the world. So that would push me to speak English too. And of course, to meet people in my area of like influencers and digital creators and meet brands. And that's how it's been so far. So very happy. I became a full-time digital creator in June, 2021. So it's going to be two years now. Amazing. So you do that full time. That's, that's what you put in all of your work. Amazing. Good for you. Good for you. I'm hearing that there was a, there was a constant, there's a constant story of stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And every time you decide to step out of your comfort zone, you have like a breakthrough. It's like yes. hey, English, English wasn't too big for, or I wasn't too big in like speaking English. I was uncomfortable, but then I just did it. Even though I did it like a hundred times for a story, I just did it. And the more yes. I would do it, the better I would get. But at each time there was a huge step out of your comfort zone. A hundred percent. I still, you know, there's still a lot of things that I have to go through my comfort, comfort zone and, you know, overcome that, that feeling of like, oh, I don't want to do it. You know, it's like it definitely like you have to do it so you know the more you do the more you will learn and you will get practice and you will get better at it so that's the only way to learn it's to make like making mistakes and learning from these mistakes yeah and fashion is your main niche right on social media yes. yeah yes and fashion. was that from the beginning or was that something that you sort of decided later on once you started well, so I always did like a, a lifestyle too. So of course, uh, besides fashion, I share about my life, like a little bit of my life too, my daily life, workouts, yeah. food. Lo- I'm like, I love like going out to eat. So I'm always like posting restaurants and, uh, you know, like traveling. It's a, a little bit of everything, but the main focus is for sure fashion. Love it. So how can Jenny people find you and and follow you? They can find me on Instagram and my, what is it called? Your (laughs) handle. handle. Yeah. Yeah. My handle is Jenny Rates. J-E-N-I-R-A-I-T-Z. Perfect. 
thank you so much for your time. This was an absolute thank pleasure. You so much, yeah, I loved it too. Thank you so much for tuning into my show and I'll see you next week.